Hey guys! Before we hop into the video, just wanted to remind you all that registration and signups are open for Light's annual social justice conference. This year's title is GLOW, and we will be focusing on current social issues that matter most, youth empowerment, and there will be lots of speakers and engaging workshops on how to be an effective youth leader. You don't want to miss this opportunity, so make sure to head on over to Instagram at lightcommunity underscore and click on the link in our bio to sign up. Now enjoy the episode, and I'll see you at the conference. Welcome to the Social Norm Podcast, where we bring to light social justice issues integrated within our community. Today's topic of discussion is feminism. So what is feminism? Feminism is a social and political movement that advocates for women's rights and works towards the equality of all genders. It is critical to understand that being equal does not mean being the same. Biologically, men and women are different, but feminism works towards equalizing opportunities and rights of both men and women, not making men and women the same. Now let's introduce our guest speakers, who are all high school students within our community. Would each of you introduce yourself by stating your name? Hi, I'm Connie. Hi, I'm Aditya. I'm Florence. I'm Zewi. Now that we have met all the speakers, let's dive into the discussion questions. What does feminism mean to you? Or do you identify as a feminist and why or why not? Um, so I'm Florence once again, and I guess I'll start. So for me, feminism is just, I guess it's just simply like the advocacy for gender equality and everything that it entails. So it includes like, you know, from the workplace to the everyday life and include, it includes women of all classes, races, sexual orientations, etc. And personally, for me, I do identify as a feminist because, well, I would say that I believe in gender equality, you know, and in today's patriarchal society, you know, women are still disadvantaged. And I try to participate as much as I can in this movement and to spread awareness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to agree. Hi, I'm Connie. I also agree with Florence. So I also am a feminist because I believe that women should have the same equal of rights and opportunities as men. Uh, people think that the term feminism is something in relation to sameness, where in reality, it's equality. It's about equality and not the sameness. And many people like fear the term feminist or feminism because they think that it's associated with a meaning of strong, forceful and angry woman or the term means something that will like overturn traditions and beliefs, which seems scary to some people. Yeah. What do you think, Aditya? Um, so I guess like for me, feminism is like the strive for like equality in all aspects of like social and daily life. And that that like not just between women and men, but also between like all the, the sexual, um, all, all the sexes. So I, so I know that many people also believe that feminism is a thing for like women to get like ahead of men, but really like that's not the case. Um, like women have been oppressed for a really long time and I believe, and I strongly believe that, um, that it has, that it's been like way past due for everyone to receive equal access to all fundamental uh, human rights. And I would say like, I'm a, I am a feminist in the sense that I strongly believe that feminism is mutually beneficial for everyone. And I think that like also everyone should support it. What do you think, Ziwi? Thanks, Aditya. Um, so I, I totally agree with um, all three of their points. Uh, I just wanted to add that um, to me, feminism also uh, includes all of the efforts to, to, to create change in a positive way that include um, fighting against like gender stereotypes, societal expectations, um, especially in 
actually in 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 all in all mediums of, of um, any activities we participate in life, like Florence mentioned, uh, the workplace, um, in education. Um, I also believe that it's like really important that everyone receives the same rights and everyone receives um, the the same equalities and privileges that everyone should deserve. So um, I also do um, agree that women have been oppressed for a very long time. And um, I definitely agree with what Aditya said that it's uh, definitely passed over, uh, overdue. Um, it's about time that we uh, start making change. Okay, so moving on to the next question. What is the greatest barrier to achieving full gender equality? Hi, I'm Connie, so I can start. So that there's stereotypes and traditions. So like in many households, there's traditions that are still ongoing and people can't accept the fact that uh, our world and society have been adapting to more open and new traditions or new uh, ways of life. So traditions have been set into place so people are not able to let go of that. And the roles also have been reversed, but also some people aren't accepting of that. Like for example, I know I live in an Asian household, so we still have some traditions that are engraved in us. And also because of stereotypes that are placed on genders, which prevent them from doing anything. So that causes a barrier and obstacle to their life and society. And things that are happening right now, like increased uh, hate speech against certain genders, forms of violence against women or attacks to women, like issues about like the reproductive system or like health issues and rights, or even like reduced resources to gender equality, which for example, like a uh, low minimum wage and those types of things. Yeah, um, I'm Florence again. Um, I definitely agree with Connie, but also like quite frankly, it's just the greatest barrier I think is just people in general and just societal attitudes you know sure the government does have you know power and authority but it's difficult to hold these institutions accountable if we as a collective society can't get past these notions of you know sexism misogyny like Connie mentioned stereotypes you know people don't like to be told that they're bad or that they're offensive people and they tend to sort of avoid a sense of cognitive dissonance and such so it's difficult to sort of change societal norms and expectations on a greater scale and for everyone so I think it's just basically these like patriarchal ideas that are just so ingrained into society at this point and how it functions and it's become so normalized and accepted that it really hinders us from making any real progress towards full like gender equality yeah Aditya what do you think um so like first things first like before genders like I also do think that obviously we're all human and I think that everyone does this to uh, everyone regardless of uh, gender identity deserves equal rights and to be treated actually as just as a basic human being as for like the barriers throughout society I'd have to say like the greatest barrier um, that I see is probably the strong uh, opposition from a lot of men um, that are against like the feminism movement and obviously we do live in a patriarchal society and we do know that uh, men are in charge at, uh, in like the highest rungs of society so I, I know that like 90 percent of fortune 500 ceos are men and like uh, i think it's like 73 percent of the u.s congress is is also male and i'm not saying that all these people don't believe in gender equality it's just that the strongest of uh, strongest opposers um, of the feminism gender equality movement to just tend to be men and like the only way to gen genuinely like achieve meaningful change uh, at the societal level is like when these men that are sitting in like these positions of power um, can get on board to like end this inequality. Zibi what do you think? 
Yeah, so Connie and Florence and Aditya all sort of like mentioned things I already wrote down. But um, I just also wanted to add when Florence talked about how people don't like to be called wrong or be labeled as like offensive. Um, it also comes down to the fact where people like this sort of um, the implications of this are like they will go out of their way to not seek resources that will um, sort of falsify or um, deem their opinion as wrong. Um, and this is sort of like part of the root of the problem, I think, where a lot of people will like fall into the trap of confirmation bias. And instead of seeking like other perspectives, opinions and, and views, um, I think it, it is just comes down to human nature that people don't like to be wrong. But this, I definitely do see how this is a part of like the root of the problem where like nobody wants to go out of their way to prove themselves wrong. And like, I think some of the most effective resources at times are the ones that will counter your opinion if it's um, a part of that majority of people that oppose the feminist movement. So I know that you guys already touched upon this a little bit, but you can feel free to elaborate. Do you believe the term feminism has a negative connotation associated with it? And why or why not? Uh, hi, Connie. Um, yeah, I think they do. Like we said before, there's stereotypes placed on them. And there's just like the stigma placed around them that the feminists are usually mostly females. And it's not like males can do it or other uh, genders that, that they identify as. And they're seen as a person who some people may see them as a person who wants to overrule uh, other genders in the world, especially men, and people are afraid of that. So like they may seem like scary people or like overruling people in the powerful and they may take away like um, things in society. In, in reality, it's about learning about their quality. So the people who usually talk about uh, feminism negatively are those who are uneducated and unaware of the issue that's actually happening around it and what is happening like to the genders of the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, this is Florence. Um, I definitely agree with Connie. You know, I think uh, stereotypes honestly play a lot into sort of the negative connotation that feminism carries, you know, especially, I guess, for lack of better terms, liberal feminism and the whole girl boss sort of thing. Like, I feel like some of the movements that they start are very superficial in that sense. So I feel like a lot of people sort of get the wrong idea of what feminism is truly about, which is why I guess elaborating on, um, that's why intersectionality is so important because it really brings through like the depth and everything that feminism is actually about rather than just the surface level things. So, yeah. Uh, if I could just add on to like what Florence is saying. Um, as for like the negative connotation of the word feminism and what it means to be a feminist, I also think that that's kind of like um, like some of the, the effects of this are like it becomes almost like a scapegoat and an excuse for people to to um, neglect and ignore the fact that this is a problem and this is an issue. So, for example, when you have people within your friend group that do support these values, but they are within your friend group, they're only one out of, let's say, six people, then it's very easy to neglect this person. And as a result, like you not only fall into the trap of like the friend group mentality where the more dominant people within the friend group do determine your opinion, you, you sort of join in with this, with this opposing group. And um, this might not be your opinion, but at the end of the day, you're kind of using this negative connotation of the feminist opinion and you're using it against what is a problem and what should be fixed. So it kind of is like a scapegoat. 
Yeah, just to like add on to what Z said, I think that's like a really toxic thing, I guess, amongst men to if like uh like obviously the toxic masculinity culture, like obviously all of that, like when people will say, um, oh, you're like one of them, I feel um there's like some certain pressure, I guess, against men to the like when they associate with women and like Z was saying, it's kind of um it's kind of just ignoring the fact that there is a problem in society. So I guess, um, yes, uh, so I would say like feminism does have a negative connotation amongst, um, definitely amongst men and from like with my personal experiences from what I've seen. Okay, so um, how can we include boys and men in the fight for gender equality? Um, so this is Florence again. Um, I guess I can start. So I guess if I'm being honest, really, it's not our job necessarily, not our job as women necessarily to include them in feminism in this fight. You know, they should want to be included and sort of join on their own accord rather than us and as women and feminists sort of pushing for their involvement and making it this movement more palatable to them. Because honestly, like the fight for liberation of women is inherently inclusive of men and boys, you know, because without this liberation, first and foremost, the patriarchy itself, which harms both men and women, can't be destroyed after. And I guess I have heard people in the past suggest that like a way to sort of include boys and men is to sort of educate them on how the patriarchy harms their expression of self too. But if we're being honest like I honestly think that we should not we shouldn't have to it's not really our responsibility to educate them or sort of convince them to join this movement because you know they should just be able to see that women are human beings and they're worth fighting for it's as simple as that so if this sort of fight for equal rights or liberation of women from the unjust like systematic oppression that we face is not enough of a reason for them to you know have compassion and a sense of the right thing to do then their involvement in this sort of fight was never like well-intentioned or useful in the first place so I honestly just think that, you know, if you have the right intention, you would see that this is a movement worth joining. Yeah, what do you guys think? Hi, uh, Connie. So I really agree with Florence. I was just going to add on to a point that because for the people who actually to do it because, oh, their friends told them to do it, for the uh, men who told for the men who do it because their friends told them to do it, they're not actually seeing the problem and they're not recognizing, oh, what's the issue here and what I should be doing. Instead, it's more like a peer pressure thing where it's like, oh, you're doing it, so I'm going to do it too. I'm going to help this cause. But really, they don't understand the underlying reason of the cause. So they just do it because of like bandwagoning. So they're just doing it because other people are doing it. And if they don't do it, then they're going to get shamed down. They're going to get, uh, they're going to get roasted or whatever, whatever. But in reality, when if we don't, if they do it and they're not, that we question what they're doing and they they're not sure of what they're doing, then that just harms uh, the idea even more. And also adding on, I know that um, so agreeing with Florence's point about educating them, I know that even though we educate them, some of them might not listen, like they hear, but they might not actually listen to it. But it's it's a step. It's a step that people has been have been taking since a uh, long ago but I think like starting campaigns or organizations although it may not help but it's still a step that people can do so with, especially with the government and society itself yeah hi Aditya so just to like uh add on to what Florence and Connie were saying that I don't really exactly believe that it's the woman's job to like try and justify why they deserve equal rights to any man that wants to be included in this movement and and from what I've seen and like from what I've heard like this I think that like the system is so flawed 
in that it like literally allows boys to be completely oblivious to all the problems surrounding women's rights until either they take it upon themselves to educate themselves or until literally spoon <clears throat> literally spoon feeds them uh the information and the facts regarding this cause and so like with this understanding like including boys and men really just shows like how when men choose to ignore these problems uh, in society, it just like shows a lack of compassion and like empathy towards uh, the oppressed and marginalized communities for so long. And another thing is that um, this movement has been inclusive from the beginning, and it really wasn't designed to ostracize the oppressors. And uh, I say this because like it is all mutually beneficial. And yeah, everyone can benefit from uh, gender equality. Uh, hi, Zui again. So um, I think uh, in, in my life, like my personal experiences, I've had like the pretty, I've had the the privilege to like be surrounded by people to make me aware of issues such as my friends here, Connie, Florence, and Aditya. Um, so I think that's definitely like played a big part in like self-educating and becoming self-aware of like the issues. So I was like, um, when, when you're surrounded by, like, like I said before, the, the friend group mentality, when you're surrounded by people that don't necessarily encourage you to take the right steps in these social movements, you won't go out of your way or necessarily find the motivation to become aware of these issues and also acknowledge like the privilege that men hold. So I think that like that leads into what I wrote down for this question, which was like the three things I wrote down was to acknowledge the, uh, the male privilege, um, to show solidarity amongst women, and also to understand that, that the causes of gender equality are universal and so are the effects. Um, so if I could just go into like each point, so like to acknowledge male privilege, like we have to understand that um, like us men have to understand that like often we're not aware of like these issues because we always enjoy these privileges. So it kind of makes us think, oh, wow, like wh wh why should I care if it doesn't affect me? Or like if it doesn't directly like um, harm me and like why, why should I care? But um, as for like showing solidarity, I think that like just showing that you're a part of the cause not only brings awareness to like the audience or the people that surround you that the men possess, but also shows women that they're backed up by people who, are, who have oppressed them in the past. And also like it gives hope for change. Um, and then as for understanding that the causes of gender equality are universal, um, like the, the pursuit of gender equality in like my home country, uh, China is probably like, it's unlikely to take the same route as like a different country. But I think at the end of the day, like this issue is universal and it affects all women and like, like you guys mentioned, it's like, it's like a mutual thing. So it, it does affect um, people on like a wide, on a wider scale than just one person. Next question is, how do you think feminist work can be inclusive and intersectional? Yeah, hi, Aditya. So I think that like the entire feminist movement really does center around the fact that it is trying to be inclusive and intersectional for all groups of marginalized communities. And of course, certain marginalized groups have been oppressed. Um, like we have to also recognize that certain marginalized groups have been oppressed much harsher and for longer times than others. And we have to like take this into consideration when we like open our horizons and like allow ourselves to become uh, more inclusive of, um, of, of the feminist uh, movement in general. Florence, what do you think? Um, honestly, I just, I think it really comes down to sort of self-directed education. So like all feminist 
especially those who buy like other standards, you know, race, class, sexual orientation, whatever, if they're privileged, they should try to take the action to educate themselves on sort of the nuances or the different types of oppression an individual can face. You know, there's very there's varying experiences of being a woman, and we should sort of strive to see sexism and misogyny as like multi-dimensional. So we know that like you know not all inequality is not created equal. So for example, for some women, it's like the glass ceiling theory that stops their growth, but for others, it's potentially, you know, life-threatening, lack of access or being overlooked in healthcare. So not to say that one makes the other an invalid problem, but it's something that helps put things into context. So an intersectional approach to feminism would really sort of um, allow for the voices of those experiencing like overlapping concurrent forms of oppression to really be able to be at the forefront of the movement to sort of uh, help promote change. So yeah, Connie, what do you think? Yeah, so um, I agree with both Aditya and Florence, and I was to add on to Florence's point about being self-educated. I want to agree, bring back to the point where it's up to the person themselves to determine if they want to be included and into this conversation because there's nothing that can be forced onto them because if they don't do it, they'll, they'll never try. Also, these inequalities intersect with each other, for example, like poverty and casteism, racism and sexism. So they'll always be overlapping and they'll always appear, but if the work of feminism is inclusive and everybody's more educated about it, then they'll they come to realize, oh hey, this is a problem. Hey, we need to speak about the, about this. And also feminism itself, the work is not more about numbers, but it's more about the impact and how the symbols and tokenism it can come out and the quality of women in leadership, where it's not only women, but also like all the genders in a society. So it's the power that they hold and how they use it in order to impact society instead of, oh, hey, you should do this because you, it's a good cause or you should do this because it looks good on your resume. But in reality, it's the, the power that we hold that we should do and we should take advantage of it. And however, um, especially for people who are part of like minority groups and stuff like that, it's harder for us. But for those who have the privilege and who can do it, they should do it and they have a power, so they should use it. What do you think, Zee? Um, I think all of you covered what I was going to say, but um, I do have like some like some thoughts about um, how if the education or the like self-awareness of these social issues are not done like like a, in a self-directed format, then like I, I am aware of like um, a lot of the I'm sure a lot of you are as well of like the educational courses that are provided by institutions, such as like, for example, if you were to work at the city of Toronto, they would have to be because of um, uh, a lot of these social issues, they have to provide you with um, these quote unquote, like courses that educate you about these things. And I think that um, this also comes like to the root of the problem where a lot of people like obviously don't take these things seriously. And they sort of like, like due to the nature of um, I mean, it does come down to how how much of a priority this is for these institutions and how much care they put into these quote unquote courses. Um, but like this all comes down to as well, like the people receiving this education, not taking it seriously and sort of passing it off as if um, it's like a more or less of like a like a check mark. You know what I mean? Like checking off a box and instead of actually doing it for for the true true reasons. So this 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 sort of this sort of. If it, if it isn't on the self-directed education side, these sort of imposed educational things like courses and stuff like that, I think also um, also uh, go back to like the root of the problem as well. 
sorry just to add on to z's point a little bit yeah i definitely agree you know i've seen like things in the news where you know you see these big institutions who sort of start are starting to offer classes on intersectionality and whatnot but the people that are teaching it are actually not part of these marginalized communities which sort of i guess defeats the whole purpose because the point is to sort of hear out these oppressed communities so i guess another way we can sort of try to branch out our horizons is by you know reading books for example um i recently picked up this book about intersectional feminism and it's actually written by a black woman so in that way you're sort of ensuring that the information that you get is sort of from these marginalized communities and that you're able to sort of see the more the more nuanced idea of oppression and yeah okay moving on to the next question i know some of you already mentioned this topic but um do you all believe toxic masculinity exists in your community and around the world and perhaps um, expand on examples you see of it and how it affects you. Uh, so in my community, especially, I think it, I believe that it exists. It shouldn't, but it does exist because of how we grew up. For example, I grew up, like I mentioned before, I grew up in an Asian household. So the cultures are different. Maybe they're different from other people in our culture where it's the men and the boys grow up and they are the breadwinner of the family. They go out and get money and they work. They're, the hard, they're more dominant and strong. Um, and then the women, on the other hand, are do the domestic duties and cleaning up chores, taking care of the children, such as that. And the girls also grow up and like that. And it, it also exists um, in the community too, because in like the community itself, like society, for example, because we see it all the time that many political leaders, for example, are men. And but however, we are seeing that women are standing up and it also exists because the men are afraid of expressing their emotions because they're seen as weak. So is there, there's the stereotype that they might be called the snowflake and uh, which can harm their fragile image or mentality. Not everyone, but this is some of the cases for some people. And then also there's a bunch of phrases and stereotypes that are pl placed on them. For example, oh, when you tell your friends, hey, you should man up, that's unmanly. Why are you crying? Or even boys will be boys. These are heard so many times, for example, at school and like community centers or at home. And people don't know what it can do to that person because it's like, oh, hey, boys, are, boys will be boys. So if you keep saying that, then they'll be like, okay, it's whatever. I can do this because I'm a boy. I've been heard, I'm a boy, so I can do this. And then these views can also harm them and embellish the idea of masculinity, which leads to even more toxic ideas and attitudes toward these behaviors, even in the future. Yeah. What do you think, Florence? Yeah, I definitely agree with Connie. I think it's really on a societal level and, you know, just how boys are sort of socialized or brought up, you know. Um, I think the problem really runs so deep that a lot of boys and men don't even realize that what they've been conditioned to do is toxic. You know, I've sometimes, you know, if I point out these behaviors and these men themselves don't even realize that what they're doing is sort of detrimental and that it's something that other people have imposed on them. You know, it's not just, it's not natural for them to not, express emotions and whatnot. So I think that this really runs deep to the point where men have sort of internalized this harmful attitude, which is just honestly, just another example of why the patriarchy and sort of gender inequality sort of harms everyone. And that we should, you know, all try to work together to sort of confront the way we've been raised and to sort of disrupt the status quo. Yeah, Aditya, what do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I think toxic masculinity is like a very harmful thing that is like 
obviously, like you said, very internalized at this point and, and it runs so deep and it can affect, and like I've had experiences with it and it can like um, affect literally anything from trying to have a lack of emotion or like dominance or even, um, e even, even to like strength or something. And I think like its consequences can be very, very harmful, especially like on the mental health of men. And this is like an issue that isn't talked amongst talked about amongst the men like community. Like I know a lot of women have been trying to raise awareness for um, equal, like equal, equal awareness for men's mental health. And like, I also know that the suicide rate amongst men is like three times higher, but then how, but then like, we have to ask ourselves the question, like, how come men don't really talk among, about this amongst themselves? And that again, just shows if you talk about like your mental health, or if you talk about your own emotions or what you're feeling, that just plays uh, further into uh, the toxic masculinity culture. So it really calls upon each and every man to just stand up and have the conversation to, and I guess like try to defy what the what the, the expectations have been put on you from the patriarchal society and um, just talk about it with your friends because like oftentimes oftentimes they're going through the same struggles as you and like they'll often help out like Zee, what do you think yeah I completely agree with what you're saying like um, I think it's it's pretty clear like in um, like uh, people that I've talked to before uh, especially like guys that have trouble like expressing their opinions and also have trouble um, articulating how they feel. Um, I think, and then it, like completely, it's true what all of you are saying. It's like, it all comes down to when um, this, like the conventions that we were raised by and how we were sort of programmed, if you will, um, to like behave and to how to speak. And at this point, like you know, I, I totally, I wanna bring back what Florence said which is how like it, we come to a point where we, we can't even realize it anymore because we're so blinded to the fact that this is literally how we've been conditioned to act. And it, I think it's really, really clear when I speak to like um, some of my friends um, and how when they have issues, it's really hard for them to express their opinions without coming off as like Connie said, quote unquote, a snowflake or as soft. Um, but I think it's, it's pretty important for everyone to express their feelings because at the end of the day, if they don't tell it to anyone, then no one's gonna hear them and sometimes people can't see through other people right so if if someone has a problem not necessarily uh is it the case where everyone can can like see into your problems and be the one to initiate change sometimes if you do have something that you need to say i think it's pretty important that you say it yeah exactly just to add on to like what z was saying like i think the best way to like facilitate change is to obviously like lead by example i have a thing like amongst the meant like kind of like what the friend group mentality like Z was saying if you are that person that wants to initiate the change um that you want in in like within your friend group or within uh pe within a group of people that you know um soon enough sooner or later um more people will be following you and that's like how i guess like the best way to like in a way combat it or change yeah and if i can i just add on again like i think um in terms of like toxic masculinity when there's like one like sort of um i don't know alpha if you will in the group where there's more dominance or where there's more power like the power dynamic within a group where it sort of becomes almost like a hierarchy within the within the friend group i think that that's where it comes to the point where the friend group is probably something you need to step away from or educate um and then that's where a lot of the problems stem from where people have trouble um stepping out of their their quote-unquote rule with a role sorry role within the friend group and if they 
if they weren't, well, I don't know if brought up is the correct word, but I mean, all friend groups go through a stage where you grow together. So if you weren't brought up within that friend group to sort of take on a different role than you already have, it's very difficult for you to, like I said before, articulate your feelings and speak honestly about how you feel. Yeah. Ultimately, thank you to each and every one of you for your time and contributions today and for engaging in this meaningful and stimulating conversation. To wrap this up, do any of you have any final questions or thoughts you'd like to leave? Um, I just wanted to say, like, thanks for having us on. Like, this is a pretty good educational opportunity for me. And um, yeah, to be surrounded by like-minded individuals is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think like a discussion like this is a really good example of a way that we can sort of keep the conversation going and work towards something better. Yeah. Okay, so with that all being said, thank you.